Hi, I'm Eddie. I run a comic shop and publish my own comic strip. And I'm Roger, and I run a comic shop and my very own Comic-Con. And I'm Joe, a lifelong fan who does all the real work to make our show go. Every week, we'll discuss the newest insider info that you won't get from your favorite comics and talk to some of our favorite creators and publishers. So come take a peek behind the counter with Tales from the Comic Shop, part of the Geek Nerd Network. Weekly on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. children you must walk feminine talk feminine smile and beguile feminine utilize your femininity that's what every girl should know if she wants to catch a bow oh won't somebody please think of the children okay first i'm not a princess I'm the daughter of the chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the podcast where we look at movie franchises and try to make Ted Cruz cry with our woke takes on the Disney princesses, <laughs> uh, which is where we're at right now. That is our new mission, folks. Um we should make Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz upset at at our hot takes on these movies. So. I'm pretty sure our existence as women for me and Melissa makes them cry. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I think so. Anything more we could do, the better. <laughs> <laughs> and and JB and I, as, uh, I guess, beta cock males, we can, uh, we can also trigger them. And, I refuse uh, to go to Cancun. How about that? <laughs> hey, no offense to Cancun. It's like shitty Ted Cruz messing it up for everybody. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. But this week we are talking about Mulan, the, the 1998 animated movie, not the recent live action remake. We are talking about the animated Mulan. Um, what is everybody's um, history with with this movie? How'd you how'd you get into it? About six hours ago, when I turned on my TV, that was the first time you'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Wow! All right. No, that's good. I like it. Did anybody see this in the theater? I did not see this in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it later, and I remember being a little bored. Um, hmm. I didn't get into it as much but i mean by 98 i was already like in my 20s and working full-time and just you know i i don't think i had the patience for it you know and you weren't willing to kidnap a child and not for this one no 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 i didn't have time i was always working nights and then my friends all work during the day the problem with working nights is that you sort of become a little isolated you know what i mean yeah. because most people work during the day and so yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't have the time. I yeah. think. I think Andy. I watched this, as as my name implies. I think I watched this after I saw Shrek, mm-hmm. and then went, "Oh, he's the same character." Right. He's, he's just a dragon. In this JB, one. who showed up in the in the podcast recording as Donkey. <laughs> week, so, Donkey. Donkey. But yeah, I think I yeah. came to the same way, Melissa. I, I didn't have anyone around who was like, oh, 
you know, let's let's go check out Mulan. I mean, Andy, I was hanging out with you, so um, I, d- I don't remember us ever talking about. Well, because I was gone at this point. Yeah. I was in Russia. Yeah, <laughs> so, I like, I did not. I did not see this when yeah, it came I, out. I, I mean, my I, sisters I had saw young movies with you for that couple of years, except for the movies you and Brooke, you know, went and made out in. <laughs> so for that Thanks one, for inviting me, by the way, yeah. um, you know, would have been welcome at this period of my life, but probably not back then. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I think I think I was I was same as Melissa. I, I I think I remember watching it, liking Eddie Murphy, liking Cricket, and hating the music. See, I you said that feeling, I actually liked the music. Really? See, I thought it was so like undisneyish because it was like I was That's just kind I of bored of, of the music. But I'm glad you liked it because again, I, I did fall asleep twice and had to start it over twice. <laughs> in, the last, in the last 30 minutes, I had to restart it two different times because I kept falling asleep. But well, my sisters took their kid, their boys to see this movie, and like I, I called my sister yesterday because my sister-in-law from China is there, and so we were talking. And Melissa, the oldest, was like, "Yeah, my boys." would go in the backyard and they would just sing be a man be a man and i was like that's the message you got out of this movie like i hadn't yeah. even seen it yet and i was like the message is be a man i don't know how i feel about this so far yeah but but my sisters both they would call me and they'd say have you seen milan when i was in in back in 98 and i was like no no i'm in college i haven't seen the disney movie i'm sorry and they're like you you'll love it. You need to see it. It's all about like women and being powerful, and it's like it's like you only Chinese. And I was like, I don't, I don't think it. I don't think that's the message, sisters. I don't think that's it at all. But um, but I hadn't. I still never went and saw it, and and I watched it this morning, and fell asleep twice. Yeah. Uh, by yeah. the way, your sister-in-law, uh, who we invited to be on the podcast, along with several other people. Um, to to be on this episode to mm-hmm. speak what what this meant as someone who is Chinese American and how that differs from maybe uh, the, the four of us and um, uh, she had the best excuse ever which you alluded to which is yes she is in California at Disneyland today and I, <laughs> I hope it is not raining there like it is in Utah but um, yeah when I asked her to be on the podcast she was like sorry I'm actually in Disneyland so. No. And she is one of the funniest humans I've ever known, but still has some some pretty funny uh, idiosyncrasies between the two languages. And so the way that she says things is so direct that it was even funnier, like actually having her say it to me. I wish she could have like come on for just a moment to record because you guys would have got a kick out of her. She's she's the best. She said she did like the movie that her girls won't watch it like her girls are. um seven and four and she's like my mm. girls won't sit through it they think it's boring so no i don't like i don't watch it <laughs> i was like yeah but do you like it she's like oh yeah 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 it's fine but my girls won't watch like she's just like <laughs> so it it didn't have that big of an impact on her but she didn't i'm trying yeah. to think of how old she would have been she would have been closer to the end of high school when she watched it so yeah she didn't it's, grow up watching it and and andy i don't know i i wonder if that's pretty common like you know the kids in the house here i think they watched it younger and we were like okay but now like we were talking about it in the house and i don't know if we're going to talk about this later but the 
the component of the the captain essentially coming off as bisexual mm -hmm. was is now like oh how in like the kids are watching it more with this socio-cultural view of these characters like, that like, is exactly my kids. Is it really? Why is, he good? So, is that why his ego was so hurt? Well, I, I don't know, but that's that's like what we were talking about today is it's like how interesting that first first of all, and I will say this, I, I think Mulan is is a great character. I just really like her and, and I know just I, I like how she's written. I wish the system right would have allowed her to be her because I just think she was such a spark in this movie right. like the parts she was in to your point brooke were the parts i wasn't bored yeah because i really liked how the when she was in the movie but yeah that's andy and i want to i want both the, you know all your takes on that because that was kind of the discussion is oh how interesting this captain was was into mulan as a man and a woman right um, yeah I, and that's an interesting gen yeah i never thought about that the first time i watched it but that's what the kids are kind of like oh hey FYI, um, really interesting. So you got that too from the kids? Well, even even a, and it's not just my kids. This is um, Gen Z Disney TikTok who love the I'll Make a Man Out of You song. Right. Um, somehow Donny Osmond has become a queer icon uh, <laughs> for, for the uh, bisexual Wait. and trans Wait, community. Wait, isn't he Mormon? He yes, is. he is. But growing up with Mormon his man, kid, yep. who's a gay queer icon, I love that. So I, I so um, I will translate I this for it. those who are not familiar with LDS people. But Donnie and his family were in my ward for a while, or I should say, I was in his ward for a while. Okay, you need to explain a what a is, ward is. Yes, Thank you. that's exactly what I was. Uh, that's why I prefaced it with I will translate this. Ward is the uh, is the LDS equivalent of like a parish or that's the group of people who you go to church with on Sunday. So like I saw Donnie not every Sunday because he traveled a lot, but um, his wife Debbie was in charge of the primary, which is the children's organization. And at the time, my wife and I taught the uh seven and eight year olds in in the primary so we Wait, hung out with after Debbie high a lot. School? yeah this was 2000 2001 I to 2003 we high school no 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 because they were in band like his son don yep. instead of donnie was in band with me and yeah. don and i were actually really good friends and so i would go over and hang out at donnie osmond's house and like Don showed me his convertible car with the cell phone in it. Yeah. Ooh, it's so cool back In like then. 1996, but, 97, yeah. Yeah, but knowing them from that space, I totally support Donny Osmond as a bisexual icon. <laughs> so, and so this was really funny when my kids told me that, um, uh, and I should also say that how we got there was when, when we got Disney Plus, you, you're allowed to pick someone as your icon your mascot mm -hmm. and my eldest kid chose mulan and i'm like that's interesting why'd you choose mulan and and they were like um i really like that i'll make a man out of you song and i'm like hmm really why is that she's like well 
what's the first line of the song? I'm like, let's get down to business to defeat the Hun. And she showed me this TikTok where it was, let's L get G down T to <laughs> B business. And so it flashed up like LGTB and, um, and, and they really, there's this micro community of people who view Mulan as a queer, bisexual, trans narrative. And I'm like, that is so really much more cool. Interesting. So yeah. much more interesting that way. And probably not intended that way. But like, I'm ashamed of myself for really not cool. catching that. Same, Brooke. Same. Like I, like I caught a vibe from him where I was like, "Wait, is he into ping?" But then, but and when his ego gets so fucking hurt that he was lied to, I was like, "Are men's egos really just that goddamn fragile?" Like, yes. That in every fucking yes. movie. But then, but putting it in this light, if he was into him, then of course his ego is gonna. It's not ego. It's his heart that's hurt. Yeah. That's, that's that. way more acceptable well, to me. Well, because he doesn't, he doesn't like Ping until he kicks him over, right? Yeah, During the and then song, he's like, oh. right? That's when she's, yeah. oh, yeah, kick me hey, again. Bro. <laughs> yep. Hurt me, daddy. So, I, didn't want, I didn't want your daughters. I want your sons. Yeah, so it's a, it's a Dom and a. <laughs> so much more interesting. Yeah. We we did get a comment that said uh, he does make them climb the pole a lot, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of pole climbing in this." Well done, everyone. <laughs> you need strength and intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie now. Yeah, I was on the up. fence. I was on the fence. I didn't have really any strong opinions about it, and now I'm all in. There we go. So, and, and that's and the I thing. missed it. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, so like I said, I missed this in the theaters, but I saw it on video in like 99, 2000 when I was like, I'm catching up on all the media I missed for two years. And so I watched it obligatory. had to watch the Disney movie. And then I saw Shrek and it's like, and it was like, oh yeah. Um, I, I found it very interesting that the casting of Eddie Murphy here um, felt very Katzenberg-y, even though Katzenberg was long gone from Disney at this point. And then Katzenberg, Katzenberg goes and like puts him front and center. In, <laughs> it is in a weird. Movie. It's a weird casting, isn't it? Like what? What is Eddie Murphy doing in this movie? Like it, it doesn't even make topical sense. Like. How would he, he be the dragon? I don't know. Yeah. Like it's weird to me. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm Eddie Murphy. Like in what? 1400 BC? Like I don't understand. Sorry, gentlemen. No, it's all good. <laughs> We're I... just having a little side laugh over here. <laughs> That's fine. <sighs> side laughter, okay. That's the best. I'm glad you caught it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I said who's who's Katzenberg? The co-founder of Queeby. <laughs> oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Natasha wanted God. I, I ran, I ran past it. Co-founder, Andy. 
<laughs> yeah. <Sorry. So. laughs> anyway. Oh, I, yeah. Before we started recording, I was in a very small room painting with my friend Melinda and drinking beer. So I apologize. Oh, that's perfect. Sweet. Yep. So the either the alcohol or the paint fumes. But one of them's got you giggly. <laughs> or Katzenberg. Or Katzenberg co founder so of Queen no, It's just the fact that you did it. You just totally like zero you didn't get it. Or he just like flew over it. No, I just ran that. past it because I'm done with him. We, he's not at Disney anymore. We don't We don't care about him. Then why'd you bring him up? Well, but that, it, because this is weird. Well, okay. It's weird, but it is, again, very obvious that they are following the formula. And that it was like Mulan, she is, she's kind of a princess, not really, but she does have animal sidekicks who are comic relief. One of them can talk, one of them can't. Well, two of them can't, I guess, because you have the horse and the cricket. And, and like, that's your, that's your formula. formula. And you, you get a comedian like a Robin Williams to come in and do funny stuff. That... Now, did you find the dragon as obnoxious as the donkey? Mm, way less, less obnoxious. The donkey is obnoxious. Him... Yeah. Donkey's donkey. way obnoxious. Yeah. Donkey's supposed to be obnoxious. Yeah. Like, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Eddie Move. Murphy. Oh, Eddie Murphy's, Murphy's character. Mushu. 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 I kept thinking Mufasa, and I'm like, <laughs> Mushu. This movie Mushu. got even weirder now. <laughs> Mushu is Mushu's trying to be helpful, but the problem is, it, I noticed this on the rewatch. Every single thing that Mushu does is actually like the opposite of what is up. needed. Yeah, he's he's like completely unhelpful. Yeah, he totally which failed is up. Kind of fun. Yeah, failing up. <laughs> More filling up as the, yeah. except for the end when he, he lit the fire twice. So that was the yeah. only thing he did. But yeah, still. yeah. But I, it, it's just so weird. This is like the. I think that's the other thing that is kind of universal about this is like, oh, we're a bunch of misfits and we're gonna be, we're still gonna be heroes. Yeah. And the entire cast is full of misfits. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is something that I like. Now, here's what I don't like. Mulan has a great character arc. But so does every other character in this movie. Hmm. And it it kind of makes me mad. Because if... Like, why is this movie where Mulan is the only woman... And all of the male characters that surround her get their own arc. If this had been reversed and a male main character surrounded by majority female characters, no way would they have been written to each and every one of them have their own arc. Even the the tiny, all of the soldiers that Mulan fights with, they're all men. They all have their own separate personalities. They all have their own character arc. But don't you see that as part of her arc? I mean, they are, but but I'm just, I don't know. I know that they're attributing, like, each of them having their own change or whatever, and 
Captain What's His Face. What's the the love interest's name? I can't even remember his name. Uh, Lee Shang? Lee Shang. Right? Yeah. Oh, Lee, yeah. Yeah. She was going to say Lee. So, um, he's supposed to be getting them all in shape and things, but I felt like her turning that corner is what actually motivated everyone else to. And so it added to her arc. Right. Is how I saw it. But. I mean, that's kind of true. It I, just, I hear you. I hear yeah. where you're coming from. It's it's bothersome because yeah. I can't think of another movie where the opposite is true. And I'm just pointing that out because it's ridiculous. Yeah, I can't. I can't. How see would that. they change it? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying they should change it. I'm saying this should be the standard if it were to be the opposite. For everything. For everything. And if there are female characters who are supporting players that they do have lives external to the main narrative they do have wants and desires that existed before they came on screen they aren't just based around the main male character's story and those wishes and desires are fulfilled um you know as as a part of the story Uh, it, it just it really hit me how that's really weird that this would never happen if if there were female yeah. side characters. Like, yeah, like, like, well, the female side characters didn't have any of their own arcs. Exactly. Yeah. Like at the very beginning of the movie, you had all of the other women who were also going to go be brides right. and they yep. were just filler. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Yep. If you put if you put Hercules in this movie it's all about hercules right there's no other right. nothing else happens just to hercules so yeah. well, is the, that true in villain. hercules though yeah more or less i mean Didn't the 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 lady meg meg did have a character arc but the other she's damseled lady? a couple of times and it's i don't know the... i haven't seen it so i'm asking We'd have to like unpack all of that. There's okay. there's a lot of problematic stuff in there. Like, spoiler alert for Disney's Hercules, Meg dies, what? and then Hercules mm-hmm. has to save her from the river Styx yep. and makes oh. a makes a uh, a deal with Hades to make her alive again. So the point and, of the movie is that she's dead. Yeah, and and you know it's just Wait. another fridging trope and it's like yeah yeah, and she went from being this like classic femme fatale who's like actually interesting to like just another girlfriend as reward trope at the end and that sucks i I don't i don't feel like that is growth in a character that is just (laughs) yeah i mean she does have an arc but it's not great being dead isn't growth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dead and then alive again so she's jesus uh sure sorry no i i think actually there there's something in the original hercules myth oh no i now i'm thinking in the original hercules myth isn't it that he like murdered his wife and children and that's why he has to do these things he to has what well, he has to redeem himself get, he has to go get one of them from Hades. Um, 
Yeah. I used to know, but now I don't remember. Yeah. Someone, I don't know, someone died. I thought, and... Zeus, I thought Zeus did something to him. And... Yeah. Yeah. Zeus was always, well. Yeah. Yeah. He, he anyway. His wife and children, and then I think here's Hera or somebody like put a curse on him or something, and he killed him, and then he had to go get him. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it was. Because Hera is... was mad at Zeus, so of course she took it out on kids yeah she drove hercules crazy and then hercules murdered his wife and children which and then he had to redeem himself which is the point of the rock version right because isn't that part of the i have not seen the rock so good you get off of this podcast and go watch the rock play hercules (laughs) no good (laughs) no what the kevin hart is hades no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, if Kevin Hart were Hades and he were playing it like James Woods plays Hades, it would be so good. I would, I would, I would watch that movie. Central Greek intelligence—that's what we yeah. call it. <laughs> Indeed, I'm getting okay. all these texts from everyone in the house about, like, oh, don't forget how they cross-dressed as concubines, and oh, none of them wanted to see naked men, and then they all run and jump. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> right, right. This, this is a. Ooh, a strangely queer movie. It was, but I love that. Just forty-five minutes of text while we're talking about, it, like, don't forget this scene. <laughs> don't forget the pole. Don't forget the concubines. I'm the king of the rock. Yeah, that's Aww. the other one. It was like king of the cock. I'm like, no, it's rock. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot of support from the, from the down. They're not going to notice the naked woman in the water because of the cock above because their they're faces. looking at each other <laughs> right exactly oh, shoot that's <laughs> so. why they are the misfits yeah oh man by the okay. way my biggest problem with this movie is not the not only are the huns drawn like romulan vampires which is what weird. the fuck is that about yeah but who is a genius general who slaughters a whole bunch of people and then rides through a canyon like brings their whole army through a canyon that could easily just collapse on them. Trap like, them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Boo yeah. on like Attila would have never done that. Right. So that minus yeah. points for the Romulan vampire stupid writing. But yeah. apparently they are zombies that can climb out of snow. Yeah. All three of them. Like where did they all go? <laughs> yeah. This uh this movie had a uh there's a there's a YouTuber named um, Matt Pat Matthew Patrick who uh, did a Disney kill count series of oh, wow. all of the movies that uh, and and Mulan came in second in the list of Disney movies for most death. I can see that. So, I mean, the whole good job. Both armies got slaughtered. What came in first? Uh, the Lion King. Oh yeah, because the there. there was implied. Uh, death from starvation from the uh the way that scar took over so i can see that yeah anyway that's fair uh yeah anyway um yeah spoiler alert for matt pat's (laughs) kill count series yeah uh but yeah so but this movie yeah uh lots of death and all uh, kinds of helmet jokes. Don't forget all the helmet jokes. That's helmet jokes, one. sure. 
Sure, absolutely. I mean, again, this um, is so fun now. How did we just watch the most queer Disney movie ever, and I missed it? That's what's so fun. We go back well, and we're you, like, oh. Did you just say you fell asleep like twice or something? Maybe you yeah. just missed the good parts. It, yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't enough for you, Brooke. <laughs> you wanted more. <laughs> but I mean, I think if you take it as the way that it was sort of, you know put nominally there there is a lot to be bored by if you like imbue it with all of this subtext it becomes a lot more fun it's really and a lot more interesting i had a harder time with the animation let's talk about the animation. yeah i didn't like the animation very much except for the war scenes which i thought were done really well the fight scenes but the rest i was like what like it's really strange. Anyway, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. I was well. No, I mean this. We talked about in Hunchback how they used computer animation to be able to do large crowd scenes, and they were able to continue with that in this to make things like the scenes with thousands of soldiers going through this mountain pass possible. Like if you would have tried to do that with hand drawn animation it would have been impossible. Um, This looks... I I mean, I think it looks pretty cool, but it is... It is a little... I don't know. You can tell. You can tell that it's computer animation uh, on top of cell animation in a way that sticks out, but I still think it, it looks interesting. And I'm glad that they were trying to push the boundaries of what technically they were able to do which i think has been a consistent theme of all of these uh all of these disney princess movies is like the disney corporation trying to do things technically that had never been done you felt that way with pocahontas because that just looked really bland and flat to me like they just didn't put any effort in yeah i mean it's not every movie but I think back to back to Cinderella and Snow White and um, Sleeping Beauty. That was the case, and and Belle and Ariel too. Um, like there are just technical things that they were that they were continuing to to improve upon. Yeah, not every movie, but this was like a good step forward, and. Um, you know, I, I think it's like uh, Hunchback crawled so that Mulan could walk mm. so that, I don't know, Toy Story 2 and 3 could be Toy Story 2 and 3. So, and and in that in that sense, uh, Toy Story 1 uh, ran so that uh, all these other movies could uh, could do what they're doing as well. So. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. Did it, it did it stick out for anyone else, or were there any other? Did you all? I mean, aside from the like aesthetics not looking that great to JB, did you all have any other animation gripes or things that you liked? I just I, for me it was the like they would it was more of the the characters. Like again, I thought the atmosphere and some of the other stuff was really well done. It to me, the face stuff was kind of where like they they do a shot straight on in the face and then it would turn. It was kind of like, oh, 
there's a nose, right? Like it was just really. It was very strange. And I thought, as I was watching it, though, I assumed that because I hadn't watched it until now, with how progressed things are, that I just was watching old animation. Like, it didn't, Mm. right? Like, I didn't have the right time references for it, for where it was for the time that it was made. And I was just like, oh, this is just, it wasn't as bad as Pocahontas. Yeah, and I thought that I was like, well, it's not as bad as this, but it is kind of alarming the way the the character faces would. They just seem very flat. Yeah, mm. I think that was the thing that that got me. I, I remember watching the, you know, some of the scenes where they're riding on horsebacks and, and even the initial scene with the with the, you know, the the ancestors, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And then they would do stuff like that, and I go, oh, huh, okay. Like what? It's kind of a weird juxtaposition. I don't know. It just seemed well, like why would you do something different? But again, maybe Andy was just trying out new stuff. No, I mean I think that's true. I think that the animal and fantasy element characters here stick out a lot more than the um, humans. Yeah. And uh, the humans do all look a little different. The the Huns especially. I mean I think. I think what they were trying to do there is like, oh, well, we want to have the the Chinese characters look ethnically Chinese. I wondered and, if that's what they were trying to yeah. do. And then we have to do something to, like, make these Mongolian characters look, I don't know evil bad it 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 brought up a lot of weird feelings in me about like orientalism and yeah. mm-hmm. general um like depictions of asian and asians in cinema and animation uh that was not great and so it's it's really hard in a movie that is so formative or not formative but like um important in in representation of Chinese culture to also have something that feels very Western Orientalist. And yeah. and that was sort of my takeaway on it. <clears throat> and and the fact that um you know Sean Yu is the only character who is voiced or well the only Asian person who is voiced by a non-Asian. is voiced by Miguel Ferrer. Who, so. who in the Chinese version is voiced by Jackie Chan. Is he? If I mm-hmm. remember correctly, I think I remember they, reading that too. Yeah, I think yeah. they dubbed him in the, the version in China. Wow. Yeah. Now that's interesting. That's really interesting. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... But I mean, overall, this cast is pretty amazing in terms of the the voice cast, the people who they got, and um, again, like Eddie Murphy sticks out like a sort of sore thumb here. Um, but but everyone else, you have Ming Na Wen as Mulan. I love her. Yeah, she's great. She's so great. Yeah, she is just she is amazing in, in so many things. Everything she does. Yeah. yeah. 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. she's great um, The Mandalorian oh my mm-hmm. gosh I I could just watch an entire show about her yeah she's, just and she's also in one of the movie that makes me like like snot bubble cry the worst out of all movies probably which is the Joy Luck Club oh yeah um, oh wait that yeah. that movie yeah, uh, the opening credit started. I'm already. <laughs> it's like, and no matter how many times I see it, so yeah, she's just great in everything, and um, yeah, even though she's just the voice here, it's, it's she's just great. I can't yeah. even say how much I love her. Yeah, and you've got B D Wong as uh, Li Shang, yeah. um, Getty Watanabe as as Ling. You've got there is no secret ingredient as not the the adopted dad in this one. Uh yeah, uh, James Hong yep. as the as Chifu the um the the imperial advisor. Yeah, the emperor consul. Who yeah, I can't Pat tell Marita if... is the emperor. Yeah, George Takei is one of Mulan's ancestors. Um, yeah, it's a great cast. He, yeah, they just they really filled this out with. A ton of Robert ton De Niro is the cricket. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> you talking to me? I'm a lucky cricket. Yeah, you talking to me? Yeah. yeah. Joe Pesci is the I, horse. <laughs> I do think that the cricket was one of the most important characters. I love the movie. cricket. I'm so glad you brought that up, Brooke. It's such a like. Great I really character. feel that one of the most impactful scenes is because of the cricket. Tell us about that. Because. The whole movie, you see the cricket, right? And it's going along. I actually feel like the cricket is who I relate to the most of this whole movie. Because it's put in a cage and the grandma is like walking across the street with her eyes closed. And she's like, yep, it's a lucky cricket. As the whole thing is like destroyed around it. And the cricket is just kind of like, what the fuck? Am I really responsible for this? And, And then the cricket is just following along the whole time. And just there and like can't give input over the dragon can't like but but trying to show up and trying to be the lucky cricket and and the dragon like mushu grabs him out of the snow and is like wow you really are a lucky bug and like and they go through this whole thing and then milan's crying and the cricket's trying to make a fire and it can't make the fucking fire and it can't do anything and milan's having her come apart about not being worth anything and then the dragon is like i'm really just a fraud too and I shouldn't have been here either. And then the cricket starts to cry. And it's like, I'm yeah. not actually a lucky cricket. And you're just like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's, that is a really heavy moment for this cricket who is just like, had all this expectation, but no one's never talked to the cricket. No one's ever asked the cricket. No, The cricket's never been given it, like, but it is constantly trying to show up as this thing that it has been decided that it is going to be and then it has this very vulnerable moment and that is what brings all three of them together in that moment is this fucking cricket and i was like god that's a that is a really heavy scene i don't know if they did that intentionally or not but that cricket just hit it home yeah he's he's really great and i i mean disney's great at putting in those types of characters that are just those he he does feel like an audience surrogate like if you're not if you're not feeling what mulan's feeling then you can definitely feel what the cricket's feeling 
So, um, yeah. And it just comes out of nowhere. Like, it's just this very raw moment of, holy shit. We have all been expecting this cricket to just be this thing. And in the end, he has his own autonomy and his own feelings and his own failures and own expectations. And and we kind of float through life with these expectations of certain people and certain things and just see them as what they have been presented to us as. And we never take the time to talk to them and get to know them. And, and, and we should. Right? Yeah. That's I like awesome. the cricket. Okay. Any anybody else who we want to give some shout outs to or any other scenes we want to particularly talk about I I remember the scene we already sort of mentioned it but the scene when they're in the water and she's trying really hard to not show that she's a woman you know mm-hmm. I just that was another one of those things where I was like damn this is a very adult scene you know um I, I'm surprised mm-hmm. Disney put it in there because, yeah, we know we're not going to see any animated boobs or anything, you know, that's just not going to happen. But with, as a child, to sit there, I mean, I wasn't a child when this came out, so I don't know how I would have felt. But, I mean, I, I wonder, I tried to think, if I was a little girl, I might be embarrassed watching that scene a little because just the implications, you know what I mean? It, it, it surprised me yeah. that they put that in a film um an animated if, film if yeah. we'd seen a little animated ball sack at just the very top of the yeah when he's on the rock King of the rock. just a pube or two you know just yeah that was the snake i think it was probably the snake um Are those your studio notes <laughs> <laughs> let's get a ball sack and some cubes in that <laughs> Maybe they are, Andy. Oh, I'm done. That's this is the best podcast ever. Ball sack for Melissa. Wrap it up. Way better than well dong. (laughs) Studio note: colon ball sack. Everybody go home. I love it. It's great. I, you know, and I love the dad thing because I feel like the whole time the 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 dad was like my daughter's doing all this stuff for me and i still love her like i love the end when he's like i'm just glad you're home mm-hmm. i like that moment. yeah i just because yeah. he was the dad was just he's, like you i kind of felt like the dad was really proud of his daughter but he was stuck in the whole thing too right like, like oh yeah you're dishonoring me but not really because you're my daughter and i love you you know but i have to say that stuff um yeah and like I that was that whole thing where I just love her character and it would it would have been cool to see a movie where that character could have just been without all the auspice right like how would she have gotten along with the dad like what would they have really accomplished all those kind of things because I did like that five minutes of relationship that they had I it's kind of Brooke like you said the mom there's always the no mom thing but like I love the the dad daughter thing in movies sometimes because I think that one gets overplayed for like you know comedic relief or really something that drives it. and this was just a really pure one I thought yeah. um, and I, like I don't know, maybe I missed some of it dead. but I just, I just liked it yeah I liked that the mom wasn't dead and she still had that relationship with her dad yeah yeah well, that was nice and I liked the frisky grandma <laughs> <laughs> You and can stay like forever. 
<laughs> you gotta love a grandma like that. <laughs> I like the scene in the water too, Melissa, that it was more... It was more edgy. Like it, they were pushing that line more than I would have ever expected them to. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then with all the naked dudes to run by afterward, she's like, I never want to see another naked oh, man. Like they, they come right out scene. and say it. Oh, yeah. And, and then all the naked men go running by. I was like, wow, that's way to get it. And then you see their faces. <laughs> if you freeze frame on the horse and her face, it is the funniest <laughs> faces ever because they're both like, eh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was my favorite part with Mushu too, where he comes out and he's brushing his teeth because he had to bite the guy. Like <laughs> I, that part was really. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Because <laughs> we are gross, so it should, you know, it has to yeah. be said. Yeah. So, totally. Yeah. You know. um, are we going to talk about the traveling? Uh, not sideshow. What did they? What was the line, JB? You said it right before hmm? we started recording about her taking her traveling. Oh, taking the drag show on the road. Yeah, drag taking show the on drag the show on the road. That's right. Ooh, oof. <laughs> oof. Yeah. That that line was uh, not. But great. I mean, I... if we're looking at the whole thing as a queer icon, does it just kind of become like? Well, I mean, I like, think does it change it? Uh, I are mean, you, are you are you saying this is the animated Tu Wong Fu? Eh. I mean, no. but here, I mean, you can <laughs> you could take it that way, but it's it's really unfortunate that they're actually using that as like an insult. A derogatory yeah, term, that yeah. was the problem with it. Yeah, and and so um, who's the dragon to be calling anyone out on anything? If you have drag in your name, you can't use it as a joke. Drag on. <laughs> it's unfair. Dragon, D's, and. Uh, oh, wait. Also, you can't make any jokes after seeing how hot Patrick Swayze looked in a dress. Like, just. That was unfair. Well, and it's. I mean, I mean, I think we. If this movie were made today, like, that line would not exist here no. because people. Um. I think people understand that, like, drag and cross-dressing and uh, are very different from, um, like, having a, some sort of queer or non-binary gender mm -hmm. identity or, um, or being trans or anything else, like, in that spectrum. And I think that we, like, we accept drag as, like, an art form within the queer community. But um, I don't think that we would ever use it in, like, a derogatory way. Right. To isn't, be like, oh, Because it's yeah. still very weaponized. Yeah. Right. But isn't, right. isn't that what the problem was with the live one when they remade it, is they took all of this out? I mean, that's, well, that's what a lot of people seem to dislike is a lot of that, um, you know, a lot of these components were not in the live one. It was just long and kind of arduous. I mean, I don't know any of the, the I mean, Andy, I don't know if your kids like the live action, but no one here likes it. They, yeah. Like it just took away from what was good about the animated film. And I think some of that, that, that gender piece and 
some of the unique nature of the characters isn't there. It's just very straightforward. Well, and you know, I to talk about being bored by something and falling asleep in it. I, I tried to watch the live action remake and that was my, my take on it is, and also they were doing something very different. Like they were trying to make a Chinese style, um, martial arts film mm. and it's like oh well mulan mulan's chi is so strong and she she can't be she can't be held back and it's like okay um it it had all of these like fantasy elements in it um where mulan is just mulan's just a person yeah. she just you know she doesn't quite fit in and she wants to, you know, help her family. She wants to protect her father. And she's like, you keep saying, JB, she's caught by this system. And so she does what she needs to do to, like, take care of it and ends up being, you know, the, the greatest hero of everyone. Um, the, the live action one is like, oh, well, she's always she's always been special. She, there's, you know, the all the sort of chosen one savior tropes on her and and there's a there's a a woman counterpart on the um on the other side who also has very strong chi and so it's like i don't i don't know what to make of that movie exactly other than like i don't that's what it needs (laughs) <laughs> I don't quite know what they were going for or why they thought that this like was what it what it was supposed to be. Yeah. So it, it is a strange turn from I think what made this movie so unique. So but you could tell in the box office because the live action got spanked in the box office, right? Did well and it also, you know, came out during the pandemic and was banned in china so you know which this one was too as we talked about this one was too we can talk about that that's uh well there were so there were two boycotts of this movie happening simultaneously two boycocks Uh, (laughs) (laughs) studio note more ball sack (laughs) more boycocks yes um Uh, so oh, let's let's talk about the China one first. JB, the do you China want to talk Mulan? about that? Wait, or... What are we talking about? No, let's talk about the Chinese boycott of okay. animated Mulan first. So do you want to talk about that well, or do you the, want me to talk about I mean, I, you probably know the context. All I remember is that Kundun had come out. Correct. And and you know, it was it was Scorsese, so the, the US, you know, the Hollywood was behind it. But it, Kundun did have a, a fairly pro Dalai Lama, or at least sympathetic Dalai Lama, turn mm-hmm. in the movie, and I think because the U.S. was so, you know, adamant about this movie and Scorsese and the beauty of it, da, 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 they they kind of said, "Well, fine, that's the you know, you're not we're not going to put anything else out." And I think it was like an eight month ban on Mulan because of that. Yeah. Um... China because of depictions of of Tibet and the Dalai Lama said find no more western movies yeah. in in China and um 
Disney had to like beg and plead hat in hand to finally get it released there and had to say a bunch of really nice things about the Chinese government uh, and roll over for them in order to get it released in China. And it did okay. Um, But it wasn't, it wasn't a huge hit. And um, so I, but that was, you know, part of, I mean, this was, so this was 1998 and the other context, you know, seven years into bet had come out, you know, within a year of that um, Hong Kong had been transferred uh, ownership from the British to China and was in this sort of it, it kind of independent but not quite phase and people were all wondering what was going to happen with Hong Kong and um, things were were very sort of tenuous and China was pushing back because they're like hey you shouldn't be you're not allowed to depict um, Tibetan people as anything but Chinese and we don't you know, we don't accept depictions of the Dalai Lama because that goes against, you know, why why would anyone choose to follow the teachings of the Dalai Lama when they should be following the precepts of the Communist Party of China? Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the answer there is uh, don't try to negotiate with people uh, who do not have the same value system as you about who deserves protections as, you know, full humans and have human rights and so on. Uh, the corollary to that is the other boycott that was taking place of Disney at the time, uh, brought on by the Southern Baptist League, <laughs> who also had a year-long boycott, possibly longer, of the Disney Corporation because who wants to take a guess? Boycott. Boycocks. <laughs> if only. Well done. Um, Is Disney... it something we've already talked about? <laughs> uh, it's something we're continuing to talk about. Mm. Disney giving um, domestic partners of employees health benefits and oh. and giving and hiring so many people in the queer community. Hmm. Um, I mean, they are, for lack of better words, a theater company. Uh, yes. Yeah. What are they? Who, what? Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, 1998, that's considered very progressive. If you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Because gay marriage is not a thing. Civil unions aren't even really a thing that you can name a domestic partner and you can put them on your health insurance and children who you adopt with that partner, you can cover under your health insurance and so on. They, they did that. Uh, and again, the corollary with today with the, with this fascist minority of people who are coming after Disney for opposing the don't say gay bill in florida this is just it's so weird that the same just history repeating itself 
I mean, I guess it's not weird. Of course it's going to happen, but it's just so frustrating that, um, you know, uh, they, they came after Mulan in, you know, in 1998 and they're coming after turning red, uh, and whatever else Disney is doing in 2022. So I don't know. F those people. Um, again, uh, do not try to negotiate with people who have a different value system about who counts as full human beings and deserve to have equal protection under the law you and full freedom of crazy. conscience. Yeah. So, uh, and yes, yes, I am saying that the Communist Party of China and the far right in America, both bad, both wrong. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop discriminating against people who you see as other. It's all repression. Fuck that noise. No. So, yeah, come at me, Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Are you crying yet, you little bitch? Um, you Sorry, can say that. Say I that. will. I will not. Say I know. That. I shouldn't have said that. So. No, that's okay. I will. Brooke, thank you for sending this photo to us in the group chat. <laughs> that is my life right now. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, um, it is, it is a photo of Brooke's point of view, looking down at her, uh, very phallic looking microphone <laughs> in between her legs. Her boycocks. Her boycock and her, and her cats on one side and her dog on the other. It's very beautiful. It's its own studio note. It is indeed. So very wonderful. (laughs) Okay. Um, So yeah, this, but this movie received some pushback and had some, um, had some drama. So, uh, and the same people who were mad about Mulan in 1998 are still mad about Disney in 2022. And those people are all terrible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, anything else you what sound else like do we you want feel to way better what was that you sound like you feel way better like that was that cathartic because like you said all of that and then you're like so yeah and it's like a big sigh of relief anyway i just i, I i'm so sick of these people with the the anti-disney bullshit it is the stupidest thing ever that you know saying that School teachers in Florida can't talk to their children about anything except heterosexual relationships. Um, because obviously, if you're doing that, then that means that you're a pedophile. It's the stupidest thing in the world. Stupidest thing in the world. Because actually, <laughs> uh, teaching children healthy, uh, sexual boundaries and uh, having real knowledge about everything in the world actually reduces the likelihood that they will be sexually abused. I I just, the, the whole Orwellian turn that the right has taken over the last six, seven years is just, is just terrible. And I don't know how we come back from it. So I don't know. 
yeah. I, All these people need to go away though because yeah, I don't they're know getting either, really Andy. scary. Like I don't I don't understand how teaching tolerance is considered corruptive. It just it yeah. really it, the whole concept just blows my mind. You're not out teaching sex ed in kindergarten. You're teaching that there are multiple many family structures which I'm pretty sure I learned in fucking Punky Brewster. So, right. like, if that wasn't wrong, I don't get it. It's, Can I just is... say the the most traumatic television show ever was when she got locked in the fridge. In the fridge? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm still traumatized <sighs> by that. <laughs> Seriously. Where's uh, her friend? She's been gone for, like, six hours. Oh, my God, she's in the fridge. <laughs> get her out. Crystal Skull. So scary. Anyway. Um uh, you know what? It's it's interesting, Brooke, to your point, because I remember um, the seventy-five percent of us, lucky Melissa, who grew up in a very similar way. I always remember they would say, "Learn both sides so you could pick the one you wanted to do." Right? Like learn right. everything, and then you pick what works for you. Yeah. Right. And and that's you know, Andy, to your point, and Brooke yours as well. That's what I always remember. Is it's like there's nothing wrong with more education right because it allowed you to pick what worked for you and and to understand right. how your what your outcome was going to be we allow all men to choose what works for them and, and that's what and that's what's us. that's what's so weird to me it's like you restricting education has never seemed to be the good answer because then it just narrows the field of view right and, and so right yeah but but it is i mean we've talked about it a lot but it, it is funny that that we talk a lot about our, our history of us going, I was always told to learn all the sides. And then I go, but was I, <laughs> maybe I, maybe that was just internal, like familial structure. It wasn't really social. Well, it's structure, interesting you know? because my mom doesn't think that's what she taught me. Huh? That's what I heard Yeah. from her and church and scripture and Joseph Smith searching and blah, 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 blah. What I heard was, learn everything be faithful and what brings peace to you is what is right for you and you have a right to your own understanding that's not the message that my sisters got or my mom thought she was teaching me yeah yeah that well, or they, they thought it would hold, line up. except they I think that is what she thought she was teaching me. She just thought that it could only lead to one possible outcome. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. That's kind of what I got. I remember hearing a lot too was, sure, you can go read anything you want, but you know what it's going to end up, right? You know you know what it's going to be, this one, this this one right in front of you here that yeah. I've stapled to your hand. Like, wait, <laughs> what if it doesn't? This hurt. <laughs> yeah. Let go of the staple yeah. gun. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Brooke. I think that's um, well, and it's a weird and I just way think it educate. all leads to this really cool place of this will forever be like. So before I came over, I was painting. And I was talking to my friend Melinda about how we were going to come record about this this movie, and she was like, "Yeah, it's just another, you know, it's just another woman who gets to rebel against her controlling father, but eventually come back to the right choice of marrying the man and go on her little." you know, her little sideshow while she gets in line and comes back and gets married. And I was like, oh. yep, that's exactly how I feel about it. But, but when I stop and look at it as being like a queer story, 
of like these two queer kids in the Chinese army found each other and now they get to go live out their queer lives together for the rest of forever. I, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, the ending. I, think... I don't think that that's what it's meant to be, but but if I reframe it in my own mind to be something that it absolutely wasn't yeah. and take it from being what what it was of her just finally getting in line and getting married anyways, which is just the only part I liked about the ending was her and her dad having a moment. Yeah. That, that one moment. I wish it had ended there. That was my studio notebook actually is I wish it would have ended with the family mm-hmm. and the party I, with the, the ancestors. Not, I wish it didn't matter that now they could be married. Well, like, that's yeah, actually I wish she would have stayed on the council and whoop some ass, but right. either, either way. Um, but if you think about back then to, queer kids being able to find each other and live together. I know, and again, it's not the point of the movie, but it makes it tolerable to me if I think about it that way. Even though that's not what it was. Yeah, I think I'm with you and Melissa on a different ending would have been mm-hmm. more satisfying. So Yeah, I can't find the quote. I was looking for it. Um, Thomas Jefferson had a quote where in the same uh, the same letter where he's talking about whether a man believes in one god or 20 gods or no god it it neither picks my pocket nor breaks my legs so it's oh i remember that government yeah um but you know he wasn't alive when this movie came out right (laughs) yes but i mean but this is i mean this whole debate we're supposedly having about freedom of speech in in our country uh anyway but there was another part of it um earlier in the letter he he said something to the effect of if if god is truly real and truly gave us the power of intelligence and discernment then surely for us to put his word to the test is not against any religion that is his and that he Expects us to challenge those things, or else we're not living up to the full potential of our abilities as human beings endowed with divine intelligence. Um, again, I can't find the exact quote. That's the, and then he the, said that's a that's and then he kind said, of a mishmash. And of then he said, "And stop calling me Shirley." <laughs> yeah, but the whole the whole point is, you know, of the idea of teach all sides right. and let people get to one the that's the that's the essence of it yeah is if you you know if if you truly believe like if you truly believe in in god and you believe there is one way and that way is through jesus and christianity then it shouldn't make you insecure to have all of the other options also laid out because if it truly right. is the best, it should win. That's the perfect word that I would never thought of until you just said it. And that's insecure. I, yeah. rem- I remember, and you and I talked about this a lot in high school, I, talking about if they really think it's true, why are they so worried? Exactly. That's and exactly that's a it. perfect word, Andy, because I remember, yeah. I mean, you and I spent hours talking about that. Like, why are they so worried? about people mm-hmm. looking at other options if they know it's the right way what's the worry and i think for anyone right not just how we grew up but any yeah. 
form or function, right? It, it is really weird that there is so much insecurity in, you know, any kind of mindset that prevents education. It's really strange, but great yeah. work. Yeah. And again, whether you're the Communist Party of China, who doesn't want people learning about the Dalai Lama, or little kids in Florida who might hear from their teacher that you don't have to be heterosexual and be welcome in our society, that all different families are okay, that you can have two moms, you can have two dads, you can have all sorts of, you know, different yeah. family arrangements. And that's all we accept everybody. Like, I don't, again, I don't see who that hurts or who, why people are so goddamn insecure about it. Right. It's like, I, yeah, it just makes me so sad. But here we are. I was listening to this comedian the other day and he was talking about how he felt like he had this girlfriend who was Jewish and her dad was like, you're not Jewish, so you're out. And he was like, what? I'm like practically Jewish. I'm a stand-up comedian in New York and like I live with my parents. Like I may as well be Jewish. Like let me marry your daughter. And he was like, Nope, you're not Jewish, you're out. And he was like, It's really interesting because, you know, the Jews want everyone to say Jews and you've got the Christians and the Christians. He's like the one group of people who is like, doesn't matter, we're fine, is the gays. Like they can't even reproduce and they're like, Nope, we just keep popping up everywhere. <laughs> we're just <laughs> fine. <laughs> Is that the Mark Normand one? or I, I don't remember his name. Someone sent it to me and I was watching it. I was dying because it's like, right. You they're might. not worried yeah. because they're just letting people be who they are. And if we let people come to a conclusion of truth for whomever they are, continuation doesn't matter yeah. because everyone is just being. Yeah. So it's unfortunate yeah. that is lost on so many Mulan queer subtext. Also, more ball sacks. <laughs> Love it. Okay, anything else or should we run anyway, into our... Um... Yeah, I, I'm really interested in all of your studio notes now because, I mean, we got to some good ones, but um, this is this has been really fascinating to talk about this because I think it's, you know, stuff we've all been dealing with for 30 to 40 years, um, which yeah. is why we're all here. So, Apparently. anyway, yeah, I'd, I'm really excited about the studio notes. Okay, uh, let's talk about its box office then. Um, so this came out on the 19th of June, 1998. Uh, it ended up making $120.6 million, uh, which is a pretty princely sum for the late 90s. Basically, that used to be the, the mark, the century mark, over $100 million. That's a That's a big, successful movie. Um inflation adjusted that's 235.5 um for context remember so this made 120.6 hunchback made 100 flat pocahontas made 141.6 um aladdin made 217 uh and and beauty and the beast made 206 little mermaid made 111 so this is this is doing better than its predecessors. I don't have the Hercules numbers here, but I think it made 95. 
uh, close to a hundred, um, but within probably ten under or over. And I, um, and I remember this, that one not marketed as much. The Hercules one, it, I felt like that one just kind of came and went. So still yeah. makes pretty good money without a real heavy marketing campaign. Yeah, and uh, but this this movie did well and ended up being the um, one in the top ten for the year. Um, the second highest uh, family film of the year. Uh, second only to A Bug's Life, another oh, Pixar movie. movie. So um, did very well. And the, the international box office um, made 303.5. Or Oh, sorry. The international is 182.8. So a total of 303.5. So, you know, in terms of just box office, yeah. this movie did very well for Disney. They were not hurting... Um, the, and then they had all of the money from home video and merch. merchandising. Uh, and, yeah, and the so merch on. on this, I remember, was great. Well, like you said, Brooke, all the great side characters. I remember everybody had crickets and dragons and all kinds of things. Yeah, this movie's super toyetic. Like, I mean, you just... I, I mean, I, I want Mulan and her horse. Like, that's... That's cool. That's way cool. Okay. Studio notes. Uh, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Two boy cocks and ball sacks. <laughs> More ball sacks on the rock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I think they should have ended the movie differently. Yes. I think yes. they should have ended it with the dad. And I That's... think that that would have been enough that would have been more had they ended it there yeah i i i agree i think that the having the romantic subplot like kind of weakens this i I'd, I'd almost kind of just get rid of that just let mulan like not have to be attracted to anybody She's okay just as is. She doesn't have to, you know. I mean, geez, Li Ping, super hot. Super hot. Like, hottest Disney prince definitely since Coco. Um, but, like, maybe hottest Disney prince of the 90s. You know what they should have done? Oh. They should have had the red, the scene from Turning Red in this movie where she's in her tent thinking about Li. And enjoying it, and then they go back into battle, and she fucking owns that shit. And she's like looking through his tent, going "Auga, Auga." I think I think the beast should not have ridden, that. I think the beast should have ridden in, and he would have been like, "Ooh, I like your giant honker." <laughs> Since Andy badmouths to how handsome the beast is, let's bring him in. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, like. But, no, seriously. I mean, do you do you think there are other Disney princes better looking than Li Ping? No, not the Beast. Apparently, that guy's a that guy's a no. cow or a horse no. or whichever you're. Uh, he's a beast. He is. He's the, the, sexy as a beast, but the, the dude not so much. <laughs> he's no Ron Perlman. He's no Ron. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, what other studio notes? Um, so I, I agree that the ending should have been different. That was my number one thing. Because, you know, she, she gave up this job that no woman had ever been offered to go home. I mean, with the family. And look, I understand the bonds of family. I'm a Chicana, like family above everything. You know what I mean? That's how, how we're, we're supposed to be. That's how we're taught. Um, and, but that can hold you back. And I, you know, she was a, a trailblazer, you know, and she, she chose to go home and, and that's her choice, but it didn't feel true to the character. Like she could still be a good daughter. Yeah. And take that job with the emperor and and be visible, a visible sign of what women can do, be a role model for other little girls and, and, and try and smash the patriarchy. She can do both. And the fact that she was forced to choose or yeah. felt like she had to choose. Agreed. Sucked. Yep. It yeah. really sucked. It, it kind of ruined the whole movie for me in a sense. Um, I mean, there's still good parts. It's still an enjoyable movie, but that ending just sucked all the life out of it. You know, yeah. it, it, it really was terrible. Um, but, and I agree about the, the romantic thing, you know, and, and it's even more disappointing to learn later that, that he, they actually, I guess there was like a direct to video sequel as there always are with Disney. And right. apparently she did end up marrying him and stuff like what's his face. And yeah. so, you know, Disney back to their old tricks again. Like a woman can't be fulfilled unless she's out there, you know, getting married, you know, having a boyfriend, being romantic. It it, it would be nice if we didn't have to go through this crap, you know, if it was more yeah. like like Elsa from Frozen, who we all know is a lesbian. They won't, and you know, the thing is, is that they don't mm. give her a girlfriend, mostly probably because she's a lesbian, but. But at least was that horse her girlfriend? Deal... <laughs> I think the horse was her girlfriend. Deal... We don't have to deal with the romantic subplot. Like she's more than that. Yeah. She's interesting, and the things she's doing, and the things she's facing are more interesting than that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I agree. Than who she's dating, and so even though it would be nice to see Disney finally just say, "Hey, you know, here's a lesbian princess, and we're gonna give her a girlfriend, and you're gonna deal with it," you know, right? Um, that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my biggest studio note is just this ending. Um, I don't know why it has to be a choice. Women are forced to make a lot of choices in life that are unfair. And this just seems like it didn't have to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like the ending undercuts a lot of the positive stuff beforehand yeah. where it's like oh go home get married have babies it's like okay but she's she was a war hero mm -hmm. yeah. she's like smart enough to be advising the emperor like not not saying motherhood isn't a worthy pursuit but like yeah it just, but it didn't seem like her pursuit. So yeah. exactly. She yeah. never showed any interest in any of those things. And and the thing is, people are people no matter what country or what era they're in. It's very much we live in a world and we and and I think it's always been this way of like what have you done for me lately? Out of sight, out of mind. So if this woman isn't there, 
beside the emperor advising him and being visible you know mm -hmm. what are the chances that another woman gets a chance to do something like that they're gonna forget you yeah. know and, and and maybe that's not fair to her you know but but i think there's always going to be that Im implied burden on any woman who's a trailblazer that you have to continue to be visibly setting that example or else people will forget and will regress do you understand yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. i'm probably reading way too much into it for an animated film but that's just how i see it like if she just goes home and gets married and has kids nobody's going to remember what she did and and women are still not going to get the chance because you know there's another little mulan who's already born out there right you know pie in the sky trying to thinking that she's going to be able to do the same thing and she's going to face all those barriers because and, and again maybe unfair to say but mulan didn't finish opening the door or she slammed it shut after her and so nobody else could get in do you understand what i'm yeah, saying totally yeah. and melissa i don't think it's unfair for you to say that uh, to like read this into an animated movie i mean this is the podcast where we <laughs> read trans queer uh subtext into this movie already yeah. you can put as much as you want in this and i think well, you're but, absolutely right but I, no no what i meant is like if mulan was a real person it's kind of a oh, yeah, totally. that pressure on her you know like like somebody like um okay like like ruth bader ginsburg right Mm -hmm. uh, before she died, I mean, she was still visit. I mean, she made history in the '70s, and and basically gave us a lot of the freedoms we enjoy today as women, uh, with a very groundbreaking breaking court case. But if she had not stayed visible, like as a justice on the Supreme Court, I feel like people would have forgotten. And there's still yep. people, women, who don't know what she did back then, who mm -hmm. who didn't so realize many who have no idea. Yeah, who didn't realize that that less than fifty years ago we couldn't even take out a credit card in our own name without a man signing for us. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like th yep. this was less than half a century ago, y'all. And and so even with her visibility, people forget. You know, um, so I just like thinking in terms of that, you know, she it when you do something monumental and groundbreaking like that, it's almost like you're taking on this other responsibility. And again, maybe not fair to that person, but such is the burden of trailblazers, you know, and um, it was just disappointing, I guess. And if Brett yeah. Kavanaugh has his way, we'll be Ooh. back to those same standards. Just co-founder of Queeby. Co oh, wait. No, Rats. he's worse. I tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll yeah, take Queeby totally. any day over. Like, I'll take Queeby over. You know, yeah, yeah, rapist, uh, backwards thinking. Yeah, handmaidens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, yeah. Uh, more studio notes. I mean, I still don't get Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't know what do you, you do with that. I just, it just, he was great, but I, I didn't get he's, it. He's sort of perfect though. I mean, yeah. is there someone else who you think you could, you could put in here? Well, uh, so uh, let me preface that. He was perfect for what Disney needed him to be, which was a recognizable side character who'd sell a lot of merch. Mm -hmm. Right. Contextually. Um, could, could you have found an actor that was more appropriate for the role yes i guess it's, that was my confusion is you know you, you have a his 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 motif seemed very different than mm -hmm. uh, you know the the motif of the film which 
again, it works, right? Um, but it, it, it was just really strange. I had forgotten he was in it. Until he oh, came. I, I didn't. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, that... I think I think all the side characters are really well done, and then I I just it, it would have been interesting to see if you would have had a different motif, it would have had the same meaning. But yeah, I mean, a good character sells the merch, gets annoying just like Donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but funny. Yeah, I I really like. Yeah, I I actually like. The there, movie. I mean, there's nothing better than let's go get those honey bunnies, right? Like. <laughs> Or those honey buns. Come on. It's gold. So, I guess. He's, uh... Yeah. In an Eddie Murphy sort of way. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, very weird. I, I'd be open to recasting it. Especially if it were with... Um, Channing Tatum? Either... Well, no. I was going to say an Asian <laughs> comic. And I'm yeah. trying to think, like, who... Who else would have been great here if we could, like... I mean, moving forward in history, um, you know, I mean, Aquafina is like in everything Disney now, but like, yeah, it's tough. I mean, again, because it's it's temporal, right? Like, yeah, who gets you what you need in, in 1998? But I, I, yeah, in 98, I don't know. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know either. And, and, you know, I apologize for not having the, the historical context How of remembering you. some of those things back then. But um, I mean, and then it's the same kind of thing, like. Kung Fu Panda, one of my ultimate favorite movies, but it's the same kind of thing. Like the the casting works, but Gary Oldham as a bad guy and you know <laughs> ancient China, yeah. like the same kind of thing. So I guess it's never um, you, you know you obviously do it for t- to sell the tickets. Um, well, and and again, very much a, a Katzenbergism. Like get get your big name stars in those movies yeah. so that people will go see it and um i i should also uh i mean i guess i can remind us since we we talked about the um the box office for this year uh when when katzenberg co-founder of quibi left to go form dreamworks <laughs> the first thing that he greenlit was this movie ants because oh, he Woody knew Allen. <laughs> Pixar was working on a bug's life. And he said, yeah. we're going to do ants and we're going to get it out before Disney does. And I'm like, um, what? why did you think children would want to go see Woody Allen and Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone in an animated movie about ants? Like, why did why did you think that? I don't, I don't get it, yeah. but that was, you know, uh, but that was Kung Fu Panda. That was Shrek. That was, um, you know, a lot of the DreamWorks animated movies. And What's was the one where the Jerry Seinfeld was the bee? Yeah, the bee movie. Yeah. Hey, I'm a bee. <laughs> I'm going to do a legal court case because people are stealing my honey. What that- is the deal with stealing my honey? You just, terrible. you just wrote the sequel. Good job, Andy. No, that that's the that's, that's the plot of the movie. The first movie. That's I mean, the plot that's of the like, movie. He files a lawsuit yeah. because people are stealing his honey. So it's it's a terrible movie. Ugh. Anyway, um, but but yeah, uh, I I 
I I like I mean I like Eddie Murphy in this movie, but I yeah. think this this voice cast. We all, well, we always I mean we always do the should we recast it right, and that's yeah. I think that's that's the glaring one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just in the sense of the glaring, and it seems like we're it's it's a good character in the sense of we all like how it worked, but that's obviously the first one you look at and go should this one have should right. we recast this one? Any more studio notes? I have another one. It, it ties in a little to what I already said. Um, so I've, I've just been noticing this pattern of these princesses, not all of them, but a lot of them, too many, who are held back by their obligations to their fathers. Okay. And yeah. It, it's pissing me off, <laughs> like, a lot, because it, um, you know, it... It's just a recurring theme. And I even said that, like, when we talked about Beauty and the Beast, you know, we were talking about Stockholm Syndrome, our favorite topic on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, I would, I, my view is that, you know, most people think she is a victim of Stockholm Syndrome when she got to the Beast Castle. I argued that she was a victim of Stockholm way before that because she stayed with her dad because he was an idiot, an adult, and he couldn't fend for himself. And so she was, she felt obligated to stay. And so she did. And, you know, you you could see a little bit of sort of things like that with like Aladdin as well. Um, It, it's just this theme that, that I don't like because these women are being held back by the men in their lives who are supposed to nurture and protect them and, and who ostensibly want them to be happy, right? You would hope that they're, fathers would want them to be happy and yet they hold them back and prevent them from pursuing that happiness and it's happened again here with that ending and so i'm just wondering why disney feels the need to keep doing this over and over because even though they're trying to be more progressive these these films still have a lot of patriarchy baked into them they do and one of the things that I talk with, so when I, when I actually work with clients, I tell them that they need to disassociate from what they have seen in media their entire lives. Because there is a, a study of psychology done back in the, the 60s and 70s, and it's called transactional analysis. And it, it illustrates the parent personality, the child personality, and the adult personality. And how the parent and the child, one not being better than the other, both being completely dysfunctional, um, they enable each other and they actually push each other to become more and more unhealthy the longer that they interact. They become more and more codependent. They become more and more destructive. The parent becomes more passive aggressive and the child becomes more aggressive and one becomes more relenting and the other one becomes more controlling. And they, they, create this very unhealthy dynamic between them that is unresolvable until one person chooses to step into the adult personality type and they don't they don't have to force the other person to step in there with them but simply by choosing to let go of bad communication styles to start using i statements instead of you statements to start living in a state of reality versus delusionalism or um, a state of denial like by choosing to step into this place the people around you 
have to do so also because you instinctively start having boundaries put up and the gains of that dysfunctional relationship between the child and the, the parent no longer work. And so in order to get any sort of satisfaction, both people end up being an adult and it starts becoming this really, really healthy and really amazing relationship style and communication style and things start getting accomplished, but you don't see it in media because it's really fucking boring because there's no drama in it because you're telling the other person that they have to be responsible for their own self and you are responsible for yourself and everyone starts living in these really healthy habits and patterns and there's no drama there. And so it's not ever shown in media or very seldomly shown in media. I think I've seen one really good instance of it and that's in the melodrama um, Station 19 between this, these two women who are in a relationship together and they allow each other space to handle their own problems and they are there to support each other but they don't own it for the other person and it's like the only place I've ever seen it illustrated and Disney is the like fundamental breakdown for us as humans is because we start watching these really unhealthy dynamics between the dad and the daughter or the woman like Gaston and Belle like these very unhealthy the beast and Belle etc etc of the woman always stepping into the role of the parent and the man always stepping into the role of child and the way that even in in sitcoms as as we get older the like the king of queens tv show was mm-hmm. a classic example of it where she's always trying to control everything and he's always doing everything wrong and they're this back and forth and the complaining about each other la, 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 la. it's these incredibly comedic stereotypes that we can fall into but completely unhealthy and no sustainability in real relationships outside of tv but that's all we ever see and it's what we get to pattern because it's so it just it invades everything around us and that's why i think ultimately i think that's a huge part of why so many people are unhappy in relationships is because they don't know how to pattern anything else and so they keep patterning these things that they're seeing in sitcoms and on rom-coms and on disney movies and when it fails them they feel like they are the failure for not reaching the happily ever after when the formula was stacked against them from the very beginning and and that's part of what i hate about these movies so much is that it's just setting the world up for dissatisfaction by showing it as being a successful model and and being this trope that leads to have happily ever after when it it simply can't get you there because it's not healthy all right i'm done no that was great stupid no that's a very prescient and very real and definitely fits with both the Disney movies especially but a lot of the other things that we've been talking about and I think we've uh, we've we've seen those patterns a lot um, I mean even going back to our you know the Dolly Parton movies and and geez especially the James Bond movies the like terrible right. interactions and when we learn to live in these these roles with our parents and we're learning as children that we're supposed to take care of our parents you're just really kind of fucked forever mm. 
And I do, I think it's incredibly damaging. And I, I love that you pointed that out, Melissa, especially with Beauty and the Beast, is that she starts living there with her dad. And I don't, I don't think that's something that is really seen by most people. And I'm really grateful that you brought that up so many times because she does, she's doing it with her father. And it's, so of course she's already set up to fail with the beast and by fail I mean stay yeah instead of living for herself yep alright um any other studio notes okay do we have favorite one liners or quotes silence I mean I think we we talked about some of them Mm -hmm. um, like I think Brooks one where I'm not a I'm not a lucky cricket yeah was the was the like you said the most pressure one that was the um the meaningful one I mean there's all the funny ones like you can stay forever and um uh, yeah I mean Annie Murphy's like a walking great one liner right I mean right. all of his stuff is pretty funny but um, I think a lot of the interesting quotes were the ones where Mulan's just trying to be who she is and all of her quotes are like I feel like I'm just letting everyone down or I'll never pass for a perfect bride or like what am I supposed to be and it's those are kind of the more disappointing quotes because she is such a great character and um, it is, it's kind of a bummer I, I, I always like the dishonor on you dishonor on your cow um, why he never figures out that it's a horse still makes me laugh, but I, mm -hmm. the the writing is very interesting in that it is such a great character who the system provides nothing but doubt. Um, so that that part I didn't like as much because I would hope that wouldn't continue. You know? Yeah, there I was do like reflect before you snack too. There was one line I liked um, that's very much the opposite of that of course they give this line to the men um, but at the the final battle between Shan Yu and the Emperor Shan Yu says I tire of your arrogance old man bow to me and the Emperor says no matter how the wind howls the mountain cannot bow to it um, that's a good line yeah take that I wish I wish that had been Mulan's line mm. or I wish she would have said something as uh as uh, as strong but yeah. yeah but not a super quotable movie not yeah the, the quotes either seem like they're very like impactful and meaningful or just spurious right mm -hmm. like all the side characters have silly spurious lines and um all the moon lines lines are very meaningful and you know, character driven. So it, it's it, yeah. interesting Disney film in that it, of both those combos. Yeah. Best side character. The cricket. Is it the cricket? Or the grandma. <laughs> the pole. <laughs> the, pole. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> um. <laughs> I agree. It's the cricket. I I really like the horse. Too. I do too. I, I yeah. like both of them a lot. Yeah. All right. 
Is there um, is there a character you all liked that was human, that was a side character? Well, um, other than sexy sexy captain, who kind of I, is a side character. I almost liked Poe, except that in the like the song about how they are, they all have a girl waiting for them, and he's like. I don't care what she looks like as long as she brings me food. And I'm like, oh, Ugh. you were almost not a terrible person. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. My favorite side character is Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Donkey! <laughs> and in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> I really, I really wanted more of the leader of the Huns because he was super bad. But he was pretty cool. Yeah, could have been like more. The, doll, the whole doll scene was really. Um, I really liked how they used the doll for the villain, and then the poignancy at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I like, I like good villains, and I, I get disappointed when there's not as much screen time. Granted, he wasn't per se the villain the villain is the what we've talked about the system the systems yeah yeah but yeah he could have been he could have been more fleshed out yeah um best song um not the credit song well well there are there's a couple of credit songs there was like a boy band one i can't remember it's yeah, 98 Degrees yeah. and Stevie oh, Wonder. so bad. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Okay, that one was terrible. That one was pretty bad. But I liked the rest of the music. But then they had um, they had the Christina Aguilera version of My Reflection. Oh, yeah. In the credits, and that was pretty good. I mean, I think in context, I Will Make You a Man is the best song. Or I'll make yeah. a man out of you. I'll make a man out of you. After that's the first my... hour of conversation we had, that's a great song. Now <laughs> that's that's my that's my one is. Yeah. Uh, uh, although there's, um, I mean, if you if you don't take it as a queer anthem, then it's very problematic. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, if you do, it's it's the best song in the movie. Uh, okay. Is this a good movie? I say yes. Yeah, I, I think it's a good movie. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have liked it a lot more if the ending were different. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Agreed. I, yeah. I think post Lion King, though, this is really the only, like, great Disney movie through the rest of the 90s. I think that um, and and great is there with an asterisk. It's like it's it's almost Beauty and the Beast. It's it's almost to that level, but it's um, yeah. it's certainly so much better than than all of the other Disney movies coming out at this time. I I think it's okay. I I like I would like it better with a different ending, and I would actually I would really like it better if they went more queer with it. Yeah, made that, like an actual storyline. Yep. Yeah. Um, is the main character a good person? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mulan is awesome. More Mulan, please. And should we show this to children? 
yeah, yes. everybody yeah. learned a lot when we showed it to children, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we learned more. We I got think a whole the adults learned from the children after the children watched yeah. this movie. <laughs> I just I love that. What did, what did you like about Mulan? Oh, the bisexual captain was the best. Wait, what? <laughs> it's funny is we always talk about like, well, we'd show it to the kids, but then we'd have a little talk after and explain things. That you still have to have the talk after, but they're the ones who are going to be doing you. the explaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I love it. I still feel okay. like, I still feel like, should you show it to kids? I'm still apologizing for Hannibal. Like, no, I'm really sorry you walked in on that. <laughs> so, so speaking of, of queer icons, um, next week we're going to talk about Robin Hood. Yes. Who is apparently attractive to people of all sexualities? Well, yeah, he's foxy. <laughs> no, so, too soon. It has <laughs> begun. <laughs> I am not clucking around with this movie. This is a great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. What have we done? <laughs> get, get ready for that. We are going to bring back some of our favoritest guests uh, and and some other new people and we're just gonna have like 20 people on this great. podcast that's gonna be awful so don't listen no do listen because apparently robin hood is everyone's favorite disney uh-huh. movie and y'all are gonna have to tell me why i'm so dumb that like i I like this movie. I think it's a great movie, but it's not like... Oh, it's so good. It's I not- loved it as a kid, but I haven't watched it in so long. I'm really interested to see what my reaction will yeah, be. I I'll do. be like Andy and be like, well, what, what? But Yeah, I'm like, it's good. It's good. Yeah, there's... I, I won't say nothing wrong with it because I do have some complaints about it. But you want to know how to make it really good? Watch the Kevin Costner one first, and then watch <laughs> you'll be like, "Oh my god, this is the Godfather! This is so um, good!" Well, duh. You always have the best advice. <laughs> I mean, this, this is true. It it is the best film version of the Robin Hood story. I I absolutely one hundred percent agree with yeah. that. Like uh, every other Robin Hood movie is mostly terrible, with the exception of the Errol Flynn one, which that one was sort of gets, yeah. gets away with it, but it's old and dated. Yeah, it's pretty, this, it's pretty silly. Yeah, um, and, and every other Robin Hood is terrible. Yeah. So, um, uh, that Melissa, that does not include the BBC's Robin Hood, which is a TV show. Uh huh. And and even then, only the first two seasons are great. That third season, yay! I feel like I don't know. Common... Unless you want to, unless you want to defend the third season, I feel like every every <laughs> show with a bow and arrow has two great seasons, and then it kind of falls apart, right? Like even Arrow did that. Oh uh, well, yeah. and then and then Arrow went on six more seasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Robin Hood next week. Uh, join us then. Uh, until then, um, I, I don't, more ball sack. More ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to have Brooke whisper it right as we go to air. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
Please. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Jen.